Happy Galentine's. Oh, it's Happy Valentine's Day. And well, Galentine's. What does gal, why is it gal? Galentine's is, oh God, what was that in the coffee? Oh, God, I'm not even going to ask, I'm just going to drink it. That was a tea Galentine's bag. is for people that um, make Valentine's for their friends. Dina did a beautiful Galentine's night. But why is it Galentine's? For your gals. Oh, come on. Well, because you're a gals gal. What a load of nonsense. Right, but just, you don't need no, to be no. angry. But why does it have to be gendified? Why oh, can't it be Valentine's? Oh, just shut up. Galentine's. I'm wearing a horny hat because I'm feeling horny. It's come about because in this world, we are made to believe that the only way to live your life is in a couple. And people that aren't in a couple are, are, are you know, the world tries, tries to make them feel that there is something wrong with them and that the very best thing in the, in the whole world is to be part of a couple. I entirely agree. So men don't talk like that to each other, whereas women do. And they say, you know, sort it. And, you know, you know, my sister, Dina, she is single and she is so happy being single. I know. And yet everybody would always say to her, oh, what about a bloke? She's happy being single. It's, it's like people when they decide they don't want a baby and everyone keeps say, telling exactly them that, that they sh when are they going to have a baby? You're taking on my best lines. Fellow. <sighs> Some mornings as a man, you wake up and you have to slap the todger away. You have to go like that. You do. You have to say to stop it. What? It's Valentine's. That's the kind of chat what men have. What are you... What on earth are you talking about? Just slam it in a fridge door. Anyway, good morning, everyone. We're going to be talking about Valentine's. We're going to be talking about micro-cheating. We're going to talk, be talking about whether Valentine's is excluding... An exclusive. I also want to talk about, though I haven't shared this with Nads, the Valentine's card and the concept of therein, thereof. Because social media has shifted things a bit. So, you know, Valentine's cards, Valentine's mm, messages on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so all of that. And of course, we're probably going to start with uh, remembering Steve Wright, mm. the Radio 1, Radio 2 DJ, uh, uh, interviewer, well, I mean, he's principally a DJ, wasn't he, for 40 years, um, who tragically passed away yesterday, 69, and even those who were closest to him, I was listening to on the radio today, had no idea. Apparently his last show was on the 11th of February, and he was, this is so poignant, isn't it? it, it his last contribution on his live was him singing along to love songs on the 11th of Feb, which is two or three days ago. So, I don't, again, we don't know if it was expected, whether he was struggling privately, uh, or not struggling privately, but labouring privately with something. Oh, or just something Or just suddenly something took him. I so mean, memories we, of Steve Wright. Yeah, because I've been interviewed a couple of times mm. by him on his show, and I was just saying on Instagram, he, he, he's, he, he, you know, he's a fa absolute favourite of so many people, and the reason for that is, I mean, how many decades has he been, was he four, in the job? Four. But, you know, I'm sure he just thought, oh, God, who's this bloody bint and what's she bloody touting? I'm sure he did. Can I chip in on something? I've, I've listened to a bit about him, actually. Um, Simon Mayo of Komodo Mayo, very sweet, when he read out the news as it was happening on his radio show, bro broke down in and tears down and was, tears. was very upset. But one of the things that seems to be keep punching through a lot um, is, is the fact that apparently regardless of how famous he was or successful he was relative to whichever radio... I think he was only on Radio 1 for a very brief amount of time, ironically. But however successful he was, and this speaks to your experience of him, because I remember you 
being interviewed for your uh, for our Honey, You Homeschooled the, the Kids yes. book, mm. um, he took time, all the time, to read every single book or piece of work or whatever it was, or watch whatever it was that he was interviewing someone about. He, with everyone. Right. He was meticulous. He believed wow. in the absolute importance of approaching the person fully in terms. And I remember when you did that interview, it was just you, because we did a few together. Yeah. You coming out saying, oh my God, he was so engaged yeah. and engaging. And when I heard it, I thought, this man really cares. Oh my God. I mean, that is, that is extraordinary. There you go, Faith. He did amazing research on every guest. But, but, but that, but you know what? The, it, the fact that people don't do this when people get paid a fortune. Yeah. But it's not really about money, is it? If somebody's doing that, that means he truly loved what he was doing, a true, true professional. Mm -hmm. And he was in that interview. He, you know, like he, he probably didn't know me from Adam, but he made me feel... They did. He made me feel like, yeah, just like, just like mm -hmm. I was worth something. You know, well, well, I mean, I've always no, thought lovely. this, though. Whenever you go into interview anyone, I mean, what is the point of doing the interview? You're being put in an incredible... Regardless of whether you've strived for that interview, yeah. you've, you've, you, you're the reason it's happening, or you've been sent to do the interview, of which we've all done lo loads of those. You know, you are... In, or even if it's like when we, me and uh, Kaz last night were doing our, our live together, it's not about knowing stuff about that person, but thinking long and hard about what it is mm. you're going to say and what you're going to do. It's about caring. And making a connection. That's, that's the thing. Mm. I mean, true connections, you don't see or hear much. You recognise the privilege. What I yeah. also liked about him, another little thing that I heard on the radio today was, um, he was, you know, he was, he, was, he was fiercely sort of meticulous in everything that he did. He, he learned, he almost had every part of his show, although it felt ad-libbed, he had almost every part of his show well-structured, well-ordered. He knew where it was coming from. He used to, I think they coined the phrase the zoo, didn't they, for his kind of stooges and kind of support acts within mm. his radio shows. They all knew where they were at. And he was very meticulous and he was very, not, not severe, but he was very sort of professional right. in creating the sense of, if you like, Party. unprofessional. Yeah, yeah, which is quite a skill. Very chilled out, like you were around his house having a, having a coffee or a glass of Absolutely. wine. Absolutely. But yeah. as, soon as, the, as soon as he was off air and as soon as he was out of the building, he wasn't into any of the showbiz shit. He didn't want to go to anything. Mm. He was more often than not. And this is a really, I thought, poignant image. But not poignant. Why, is, why do I say poignant? As soon as you say someone's on their own doing something, it's poignant, not necessarily. His producer, or his co-presenter, I think for years at Radio 2, said, I remember one time coming out of Broadcasting House, and we'd had a very sort of, you know, it was Christmas time, or some festive time. They'd had a big show. She couldn't quite find where Steve Wright was. They were all getting together to kind of celebrate, or, to, you know, to chuck it all back. And she said she saw him or found him or passed him in a coffee shop reading a book on his own. Oh, Oh my God. I've just got a Steve Wright vibe. Mm. Yeah. Can you imagine people close to him, how desperately, desperately empty they must feel today to have somebody that is just, that was just all about connection and meaningfulness to mm. just be gone. It's just, yeah. Yeah, so I, and yeah. it's interesting, even in the tributes that I've read and seen today, there's a sort of, He's being There's met. There's an authenticity to it because when you just see those trotted out, those. Oh. He's being met and remembered yeah. in the way that he interviewed and remembered it's and classy. engaged with people, which yeah. I thought was really, really classy, absolutely. So, Steve Wright, tragically sad, but um, as you say, I mean, the hugest loss to his family, of course. Mm.
Okay, so Valentine's Day. Obviously, we're going to talk about Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Day. Thank you for my message. It was very, very sweet. I really liked it. I liked the way it was edited, and I did a little photo of you. I've done a, a story. I've got carried away. That's because we were, had to have a delay in kind of doing the live of creating hearts on an Insta story. Um, but a topic that came up yesterday that I saw, which we then had a conversation with one of our kids about, micro-cheating. What is micro-cheating? There's microaggressions. We all know what those are because this is one of those, babe. That's a microaggression. Did you know that? Or even I know. this? Even well, this is. is. We did that last week. We talked about that. Even that's a microaggression. This is too. This isn't. Though. This, is just, <laughs> this is just affection. Micro affection. What's microaffection? Microaffection. No, microaffection is just this. You got something in your teeth. Have I? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Um, Micro erection, no, sorry, <laughs> it's something completely different. So, what is a micro? What is micro cheating? Who knows I sent anything you the about list, micro cheating? Who knows anything about? Do you, it? Do you know anything about micro cheating? Because we saw this pop up yesterday, and um, where's my phone? Oh, and um, so we asked our daughters this morning, and of course, straight away they knew everything about it. Apparently, it's massive thing on TikTok. Oh da, my da, god, da. you've been engaging in micro cheating for years. What is it? Faith Goodman says, Faith, is that true? Apparently leaving your wedding ring at home is micro-cheating. No, when you take it off and go down the pub or go to a club. Not me, my fingers keep swelling up. Look, these ones I can wear now. It's really weird. Micro-cheating. Always had funny Keely Windle, isn't that a new word for flirting? Fair question. I've got a, we've got a list here of things that one of our girls sent us. I've got it here. Do you want me to read it here? Okay, so should we run through a list of what... Okay, first of all, what is micro-cheating? So micro-cheating, there's a big piece in glamour. Micro-cheating is the more subtle style of inf infidelity that some say you need to pay attention to. This could be things as uh, like, for example, you know, liking a post by a former girlfriend or something like that. Um, uh, the idea of a partner cheating is obvious, but micro-cheating, and it's obviously enabled quite a bit by social media, isn't it? I, I really... Look at this line. The idea of a partner cheating on you is historically a huge fear for anyone in a relationship. Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? A huge fear for... For most people. You're an incredibly loyal person. Most most people are. I, I just wouldn't be with somebody that I had a huge fear that they were going to be, they were going to be unfaithful to me. Yeah, but I you mean, don't no, feel no, jealousy. You don't no, feel no, jealousy. You're, no, no. You're but blessed. But the absolute seat of the relationship is, if you are in a relationship and you have a huge fear that they are going to cheat on, cheat on you... No, it's not necessarily that you've got to get out, actually. That's Stay wrong. In. You've got to work out, is that because of you and because of everything that's going on in you? Or is that because the other person is untrustworthy and has shown you that? And if it's because they're untrustworthy and have shown you that, then you can't stay in a relationship for years. I mean, she says every person in a relationship. I want to read out Gemma Perry's uh, paragraph. Micro-cheating is, of course, not a psychological term. You're absolutely right. Uh, it's simply an internet-friendly shorthand for describing one partner testing the limits of partnership by creating relationships with them. Kind of. I think you're right. I think 
I leapt out of my seat as Nads was having one of her mum-daughter chats today because I felt I could really contribute to this. And I carried on contributing to it in the car. No, it was good. And my contribution to it was micro-cheating, of which we're going to run through a list of some of the things that um, they identify, or therapy therapists and people identify as potential causes or examples of micro-cheating. Where I think this topic becomes, when I say interesting, I don't mean in a good way, but I think difficult to define and difficult to kind of get a grasp on is that there are certain things that I'm good, we're going to run through a list of which could be seen as a form of, as you rightly say, Gemma, testing the bound edges of your relationship, perhaps wanting to elicit a jealous response, or perhaps being the foothills of inf infidelity, micro-cheating maybe. But it all depends on the person's perception of what you're doing and it all depends on your, inter you know, your intention. It's about intention and it's about, if you're with a jealous person, the slightest, slightest thing could be seen as a micro-cheat. Well, this, is the, this, this is the advice that I gave our daughters this morning. And this is the advice I would give anyone, yeah. right? It is such a terrifying world out there where every single thing that we do has to be questioned. We are under all kinds of surveillance, whether that is uh, TikTok or Instagram or the likes of the man that we never say his name because we don't ever want to give him his name. Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. Whether it is girl code, boy code, whatever, it's, it's terrifying that so little is left now to work out through instinct and it's all the rules and regulations and you know our girls were saying you know there's this whole other world of like oh what you'd let your girl do that oh what you'd let your boy do that so so I listened to all of this and I said you know what I said girls at the end of the day all the only thing you can truly rely on is if you go into your own heart and you ask yourself, what was your intention? So say, for instance, like one of the things on the list here could be that you uh, dress. You dress a little, uh, you, you dress nicely for somebody that's got a crush on you at work. Well, to a jealous partner, mm. that could look like you are trying to incite something. Mm. So if, it, if somebody says that to you, you have to say to yourself, hmm, what was my intention? Oh, no, I really wanted to look nice today. And you stand up for yourself 100% on that. What if so your intention was, though, to, to, to be attractive? What if you are engaging in... You could well be putting it on, but not be fully cognizant of the fact well, that that's what I you're think, doing. Well, I think, like, okay, so say say somebody said to me, oh, my God, you really... Oh, that person, you, you really... Drink. I might stop. Not necessarily have to share this with the other person. We don't have to open ourselves up to every. And I, w I would say to my girls, if they asked me, I would say, well, really ask yourself that. And if you are doing that, mm. is that because actually you really are attracted to this person and maybe you want that person more than you want this person? And if that's the case, really work that out because what you don't want to do is cheat. So if your heart is going somewhere else, then break up this one thing and then go on to the other thing. But if it is just, oh, you know, it's nice, that frisson of people saying that you look nice, or you smile nice. I mean, I was telling my daughter this morning that I went out with this guy, not for a long while, and I was going out one night, and he said, well, can you not laugh too much tonight? And I was like... And then I remembered... Was he having a laugh? That he had said to me that one of the first things that he'd liked about me, because we'd been sort of around each other a while, was my laugh. And I thought, oh, my God, he sees laughter as potential infidelity. 
you know. And it's amazing how if somebody is is like clicking, oh, that's someone, you know, oh, that's, you know, and you've got a great long list here of what microaggressions are, that, listen, is somebody suddenly completely controlled? No, coercive control happens slowly and insidiously. Yep. So, well, I... I mean, in fact, the film that we're making is all about a moment of potential micro-cheating. Yeah. I mean, the, this drama that we've just shot that we're editing, I mean, it, it pivots around a moment or two that, that, that's potentially seen in the eye of the beholder as a moment of flirtation or something else, which to the person doing it, you know, there, there wasn't that component to it, or was there that component to it? We don't know. But, I mean, should we run through the list of things here? We've got messaging or texting someone in a flirtatious way. Liking or posting a provocative... But you see, that's complicated, like I said to our girls. Yeah. It's complicated because one person's you're being flirty mm. is another person's not. Precisely. So as long as you, you always go back to yourself and ask yourself that question, really honestly, what am I doing here? Am I trying to get extra attention from this person? Or am I just being warm and friendly and jolly? Well, this is a good one. Okay, well, let's, let's, put, let's put all of these through our own micro-cheating filter, shall we? So let's okay. see if we think... Mm, I could. Okay, so. I just put yes or no. So, liking or posting a provocative comment on someone else's Instagram or Facebook page. Now, when I, I think what they mean by provocative is flirtatious, Ooh, suggestive, lovely. or you look nice. No, that so. would be to me, Mike, that would be micro, um, whatever it is. Okay, I'll just delete that one. I sent a cake back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree, because I think if I saw you saying, oh, you look nice to a straight guy, I mean, you'd, you'd obviously say it to Lee all the time, I'd be like, oh, I would. But. I would be in a really troublesome place there because I also know that I've struggled with jealousy. So I wouldn't know where... You see, the problem... Here's the thing that's really interesting about jealousy. I do think that if you are with someone who is playing at the edges of micro-cheating behaviour, it's very easy to turn around to someone who does struggle with jealousy and perhaps doesn't want to feel jealous. It's very easy to make them jealous and then characterise yeah. them as a mad person. But then that can be the problem, can't it? Like, when you're younger or even not. I yeah. mean... It can start off, somebody's jealous, say, at the beginning of a relationship, and you can play a bit with that. Like, yes. definitely when I was really young, I would play those games because it was, like, really interesting to see, like, oh, and this felt like somebody really likes me because oh. I play this game and then they get upset and there's passion and there's all of Natasha that. Tyrone but says, then it becomes extremely dangerous. Yes. So, But you cannot tell a young person to totally never play those games because I think it is a bit of a rite of passage. Yeah. Natasha Turner says anything that's secretive could be considered as micro-cheating and Sean Thomas says ceasefire now. To me, micro-cheating seems to be all about context. Okay, well, on that note, let's move on. <coughs> Lying about your relationship status online or in person. I that would be That would be a red flag. Red flag. Yeah. Red flag city. Keep but also, I don't think you owe the public domain your life. So if you just haven't right. mentioned, then that's fine. You know, it's like... Right. It's like... Um, but if I put I was single, ready to mingle... It's like so often if I meet up with a friend and then the next day we go, God, wasn't that weird we didn't take a photo, right? And right. I always go, but isn't that great? Because we're not stuck in that world of having to go, oh, God, we must record this and play it out. Well, as Maddie says, if there's no photo, I wasn't there and it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So so it's a bit like that. And, but but if you are lying, if you are saying you are single, actively telling a lie, then I think that's... Keeping a dating profile to see if you get matched with someone better than your main person. Well, that's a clear risk. I mean, that's... that's 
That's more than went, micro. I mean, if I went online and found that you were on a dating app, I'd be like, oh my God. That's dumb. Okay, giving your That's phone dumb number. That's time. Giving your phone... Now, this is a really interesting one for young women. This, I thought, was a fascinating one, without saying who. Giving your phone number to a person you know is attracted to you. Now, that sounds really obvious. Don't give your phone number to someone you know who is attracted to you. But... Looking back at uh, something or referring back to something that I've talked about in the past where lots of young women are put into really challenging situations by complete strangers in the street. So this can also happen at parties or in clubs where there's a very strong sense that if you were to not give them your oh, number... Oh, our daughters have told us that many times in the they're past. Somebody come up and give me a number. And, she, and they say, if you don't give them the number, they get, I'm worried about how cross they'll get. So, so yeah. it's an act of aggression. And, so, and that is that is male privilege when they don't understand that and when they just go, just say no, mm. I'm not giving you my number. It's not always that clear-cut. It's not that clear-cut. And I could see, this is again why I'm so relieved I'm not born into this generation, because I could see that if I had the jealousy issues that I had and I'd gone into a relationship as a teenager with all the anxieties and issues that I had, and I saw that someone rang my girlfriend's number and I said, who's that? And she said, oh, I don't, you know, it's someone I gave my number to. There would be no sense of me thinking... I wouldn't immediately be thinking, oh, you were in a really frightened situation. The first thought would be, who the fuck is this? Why were you giving some guy on the bus your phone number? But even that, exactly. that, that for me seemed like a really kind of wrong ah, seal, watertight Sub Turbo, guess what? Because it's, she said, give the wrong number. You, you know can't. what? You can't do that anymore. Do you know what they, they take, do? They go, give me your phone they and the they phone. snap. They take the Snapchat. It's a given in youngsters now that Any men... Any young... If you've got men, young girls, that is what happens. They well, won't be telling you that, but that's what happens. But what's also interesting, it's not just men. Men and friends. I mean, the girls are saying this too. It, it is de rigueur that everyone takes each other's phones and searches through them. Wow, horrendous. Not our girls' phones. No, no, no. They don't go through that. No, they don't do it to other we, people. But apparently a lot of girlfriends to... can do that to each other as well. And it's, it's you really... You have to have that conversation with your young people because until we... Until... I'd had that conversation with my girls that that's not okay. They didn't really know that because it's what everybody does. I said, right at the beginning of the relationship, no matter what happens, you just say, red line, I don't ever give my phone to other people to look at mm. because he will never be satisfied. You let them do that once, then it's just all the time. And then if there's one day you don't, they go, oh, right, so you're having an affair. Why don't you let me look at my phone? Don't allow it. These are difficult ones because talking about your sex life, sexting or sending nude pics to someone else, that's not micro-cheating, that's cheating. Wow. Uh, frequently communicating with someone who flirts with you, that's another one. Um, I've got some more here, just quickly. Um, uh, 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 oh no, I've done that one, hang on, sorry. Uh, this one. Um, going to extra lengths to look attractive so you can impress your crush at work. Uh, oh, it's the same. Oh, sorry, this is the same one. Um, Joining your boss for happy hour behind your partner's back. Yes. Oh, and finally, keeping regular communication <laughs> so with an old flame. Well, even right. that, if the relationship you're in is aware of the... I mean, because half my old flames came to our wedding. So, you know, I mean, it's that sort of... It's dependent on the relationship, isn't it? Of course it? it is. You cannot have a situation where somebody comes into your life and says, right, everyone that was in your life before, out. Especially if some of those people are still in your friendship group. No, no, no. There's another thing that I've said to the girls. You never allow anyone to come into your life and say, you are not allowed to see that person anymore. Good Ship Lollipop says, this list is neurotic. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so micro-cheating. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. It's interesting that the wedding ring one is... is, 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 is it's funny, that's baked into me, that. I always find that kind of weird one. Um, 
Microchip. So, Valentine's cards. Let's talk about, has anyone here received a Valentine's card in recent years? Even if you were in a relationship? Like, because we Can haven't, I show you something the last couple on of years, Instagram we haven't given today. each other even a Valentine's card. But you know what? It was funny the other day, wasn't it? I said to you, my God, do you remember the days when we would one would just sign a card? And now, you know, when a friend has a birthday or something... You have, you know, to make a whole reel and it takes make a film. ages. It's a bigger commitment. It takes much longer to make a reel than it does of cars. I agree. I think we live in an age where actually so much more can be said and shown and demonstrated. I don't I, Have you not seen my comment underneath it? No. Oh, just go to Richard E. Grant's. Richard oh, E. Grant. Beautiful. Who we all love. Beautiful. He said, my darling, this is from his wife, who he lost, was it about two years ago? Yeah, they used to leave cars My darling husband, Richard, I've always loved you. I always will. Have fun and be brilliant. I love that. And I can hear it in her voice. Be brilliant. You you know, micro this, micro that, controlling somebody, asking somebody to not to laugh, asking somebody not to wear perfume, asking somebody not to be fantastic, is not love. When somebody turns around to you and says, be brilliant, that is proper love. Mm. Be Go and be as brilliant as you are. Go out and shine. That is secure love, isn't it? Mm. You know, you're not saying, oh, just hide yourself away. Let's look at these. Carla Hatcher, my love a card from my husband. Uh, Sarah Fox, no, but still feel surrounded by love, even though I'm widowed. Mm. Ellen, sackloads for me and Lee Durrant today. Lee Durrant <laughs> says, I've got one of them stupid ones where the contents popped out in your face and it gave me anxiety. <laughs> uh, Gemma Perry, I got a card and 20 red roses and a bag of chocolate goodies. Aww. Aww. Gloria Chesham, no, not for years. My mum used to send me one when I was younger. That's an interesting one, the, the sending them to your kids. I must admit, um, with the girls, I would always give them a, a Valentine's. You still do. And, you keep and, saying you did last year. No, I know. And they used to send me you, Valentine's. No, no, flowers you yeah, give them. Flowers, yeah, flowers. Yeah. And you will today. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Um, Victoria, narcissists move you away from your friends and until you're out of the situation, you don't notice it happening. They don't outright say stay away from them. It's all done over time in a exactly. subtle way by stealth. Exactly. Oh. So go back to yourself. Now, I know that's hard yeah. because it's easy enough to say, but... You know, if you haven't been, you know, if you haven't been given that self-esteem and, and confidence and... But you can find it. You mm. really can. However old you... I mean, I had zero confidence. I had zero self-esteem. Honestly, we were brought up in the 70s where anything you said... You know, I had brilliant parents. <laughs> That's my Valentine's card. I had brilliant parents, but I couldn't share with them the kind of stuff that my kids do mm. that I can then, like, give them some wisdom back. And so... But the wisdom is out there if you look for it properly and you don't follow people that endorse feelings of low self-esteem or that if you if you listen there's so much out there that you can help build confidence and mm. self-esteem somebody earlier said what do you do when you've been really hurt you have to heal yeah you, do. you have to heal and you have to and you have to be rigorously yeah. truthful with yeah. yourself of like where did i go on where did i go wrong where did they go wrong so that you're not so that you can you know go into the next relationship if if thing is Mate, not everybody is supposed to have a relationship. Not everybody is supposed to drive. But Some also on that point, a little bit, a little bit like the conversation I was having with uh, Dancy Tits Off Kaz last night. You know, but people what... saying your life was brilliant. Oh, time. great! Thanks. I hope it was useful as well. It was. I really enjoyed it. Um, but one of the things that I, 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 I am more and more drawn to as I get older, and I hope is a kind of pearl of wisdom or pearls of wisdom that one can sort of share with your kids and what have you. I was talking to Kiki about it in the car. 
not everything has to have one fixed idea about it. So, for example, you know, like Nadia just said then, maybe you're not meant to be in a relationship or just maybe a relationship isn't right for you for now. Mm. I think we lose sight of the fact that actually we are all in a constant sense of kind of movement or state of movement. And we were talking more specifically last night about stopping drinking, when to stop drinking, how long to stop drinking, the benefits of. And then, of course, you lean towards, are you an alcoholic, aren't you an alcoholic, and all this kind of stuff. I think, you know, you're not necessarily an alcoholic if you've stopped drinking or feel you need to stop drinking or readjust your drinking. Likewise, you maybe are in not a great place yourself at this point in your life for love, but you're in a better place for love. And even then, what is love? Love is entirely different if you're in you're flirting with a relationship with someone who's a game player or if someone who isn't good for you or is, two, is a narcissist and all this kind of stuff. You two know? comments. First of all, I love that radical honesty from um, Reese. I love that radical honesty. Mm. And Kelsey, um, you said I did nothing wrong. It's not about who's done what wrong. I'm talking about you. What, what this person, somebody else really hurt you. I don't know what mm. it is. I don't know what the story is. But choosing the wrong person is doing something wrong, you know? So maybe that's where you start. It's like, okay, why was I with this person? How long beyond I was happy was I with this person? What did I not notice about them? What did I not listen to about them? What did they not give me? What? Did... So it's not about being wrong and doing something obviously wrong. It's like, what wasn't right for me? Maybe that's a different way to look at it. So you take the heat out of it. Mm. But as Reese there says, radical honesty, radical honesty, like really, really honest. What wrong decisions did I make for myself? Maybe even is a better way to say it. So Sally yeah. Atten asks a really sort of really all-encompassing question. How do you build confidence and self-esteem? I find it incredibly hard when I have been that way since a child. There's no quick answer to that but one thing I would say that is something else that kind of creeps out of the therapy and everything that kind of one goes through in relationships and what have you oh, it's all it's always there you can never ask questions of why you've done things too much I mean mm. I'm not suggesting that you can't you want to be in the moment and all this kind of stuff I don't think we ask enough questions about well why am I doing this why am I why am I removing myself from a relationship if I haven't given any relationship a chance to work? And why am I, why am I down on myself in this particular set of circumstances? What, what is, I think it's, it's a hard, it's a very general thing because of course everyone's situations and circumstances are different. But one thing that I, I think like I try and do more and more is, is why am I responding to whatever I'm responding to in that moment in this way? You know, obviously, it doesn't mean you don't have your emotional responses to anything. It could be upset, sadness, excitement, you know, fury. I mean, we felt that a lot with the Israel-Gaza war thing. You know, it's like, but why am I feeling this? What's making me feel like this? And how am I allowing this to happen? What can I not help but feel? And you start to kind of break up what it is that leads to the low self-esteem and why you feel sort of you know, why you have low self-esteem. My low self-esteem often pivots around the fact of not feeling like I belong. And I'm doing a lot of work at the moment on working out that that comes from feeling like a, a younger age that I was on the margins of things a lot when I didn't feel like people were seeing me for me and all that. So understanding it doesn't totally resolve it, but it can give you some answers, you know? Oh, Jackie Valino just said there. Jackie Valino, you re rarely share like your, you know personal stuff and that 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 makes me sad because you should be praised you know 
you're a mum, you, I can see you, you are smart, you mm. come back with some bloody smart answers with us sometimes, which we need to disagree. And that, yeah, that makes me sad. But you know, you can change that. Really, really ask yourself. Mm. Just find, start off by finding a few things that you know that you've done good. So it doesn't have to be like change the bloody world. Mm. It can be, it can start with the smallest things. The, this advice is very similar to my advice about body image, is to find the small things mm. and keep repeating themselves, to, to repeating it. As a culture, as Brits, we find it really difficult to praise ourselves. Mm. We find it so hard. Mm. But, but that is the way through low self-esteem. And it's tiny little things like, anyone that follows my body image lies, you know, I, I started off by just saying that I liked my dimple because that was the only thing I could say that I liked. Mm. This is body image stuff. But it's but also I've done the same kind of work on myself. And it's like, you know, yesterday when I was talking about now rejoicing in the fact that I can be bloody difficult and then saying that this is, this is something about me, this is something about me. You know, and if there's a hundred different things... Just accepting that that makes the whole person. Because if you've had a difficult childhood where people have picked at you and not praised you and not... You you can do that work. You can. Oh, Jackie, think about somebody... Oh, Jackie, Jackie, think about somebody that you care about. Think about somebody that you love and what you would say to them and then grasp it and give it to yourself. You know, when people go, oh, you know, love yourself, bollocks, fuck off. It's so hard. And nobody breaks it down no, no, no. for you. But what, what, It's an easy what thing it, to say. What, to break it down is take small things, small little gifts that you've probably given other people all through your life. You've probably said, you've probably picked people up when they've been down. You've probably get, given someone a cuppa and talked them through. Those are all gifts that you can give to yourself so jackie today find something just one thing that you know a tiny thing that you know is good about you and then every day you keep putting more and more of those in more and more of those well with all due respect jackie i think nadia listen to what nadia said today and play it back again later because what she says is true you you're a great contributor yeah. and, and presence in this, in this community and and that is because you're a you know you're a strong you know, loyal meaningful, person. loyal, yeah. uh, you know. Because we often disagree, don't we, yeah, politi yeah, politically. And, and what, I can't remember how many children you've got. Children, you know, you, you've probably worked your arse off all, life, all your life. I you love this. I, mean? I love this thing that you've said about physical th attributes because it's a, it, use it emotionally too. You know this idea that yeah. I can all I see with dysmorphia, all you do is you home in on what you don't like. That's all you do. You home in on your teeth. You home in on your eyes, bags. You're home in on whatever. And your thing of just homing on the one thing and find something, it might not just be one, but find something you actually quite like about yourself. Because there'll be something that's so, even if it's kind of inoffensive enough to your self-esteem, that you can go, okay, well, that's all right. My ear, even if it's like my ear is quite ordinary. Well, that means it's not bad. My problem is I haven't got past my ankle. But, you know, it's like, do that. But if you can do that emotionally, you know, have, do, a little, do a little pause and think to, think to yourself, yeah, have that's I brought I happiness that. to someone Jackie else? Jackie Valina has brought up Three boys on her own. There you go. Right? There. Start with that. Yeah. Do you know what, Jackie? That's big enough, man. There is no way I could have done that. I'm telling you that now. 
you know, I've had a supportive partner. I've got family next door. Anytime I needed babysitting, phoning up my mum, phoning up. We have Pat that helped us all the way through. I could not have done that. I'm too selfish, too bloody weak, too bloody lazy. I was through then. Right, start with that. And listen, I'm going to do something now. And this is what we do on the Body Image Live. And I don't want you to take the piss or anything, I'm, right? Because this okay. is important, right? I, and I've shared this on my Body Image Live. And you don't even know that I do this, okay? And this is it. Through doing yoga, right? We, there's a bit that I really love where you put your hand here and you put your hand here and you hold your heart, right? And it has really given me so much comfort through my yoga. And I've extended that to this, right? And we always do this on Body Image Live, whatever way you want to... Right, the self-hug, whether you have somebody to hug you or you don't have somebody to hug you, either, because sometimes I can't take a hug because I'm too in myself and too, like... And so I do this for myself. And I will, honestly, you hold yourself, you close your eyes. Some people, like for me, just to rock for a few seconds. To self-soothe is the most loving thing and it is totally possible. We need, we need that as humans, but we think we can only get it from somebody else. And I was saying this the other day on my Body Image Live, I was saying, it's so Good weird. Advice. When will you see people doing that? When? If you think about it, right? I'm telling you now, the tiny time that we really see people doing this is when they're in a complete mad state. Either when they're mad or when they're mad with grief or when something totally horrific is happening or shocking. And do you know why we only see it then? Because the human instinct to do that overtakes our fear of what people are going to think of us. And we do it anyway in a desperate moment. But we don't have to. You can go off at any point. Like if you're at work now sneaking, you can go into the loo. Honestly, you can do this. You might laugh to begin with, you might not. But it really works. Can I ask a question on that though? Are you allowed to tickle yourself at all? Yeah. Can you tickle yourself? Yes, No, on that note, Nadia's just given you a sort of physical manifestation of something that I just want to very quickly share. Um, oh, Jackie. I, I bless you, Jackie. I, I, and a huge hug to you, Tori, as well. I just want to share a quick thought, which, is, which, is, which chimes with what you're saying, okay? This is an emotional aspect to what, what Nadia's just said. For a huge number of you here, you will have self-esteem issues. This is a fact. Based, All of us. Based upon, more, more likely than not, experiences you had as a child, you hear the phrase, embrace the child within, get in touch with your inner child, all this kind of stuff that's memed, memed to mad, madness and we all kind of go, all right, okay. And I've always been a bit kind of, mm, yeah, I'll get the child within. But he, 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 I, I'm engaging in something called image rescripting in therapy. And it's an offshoot from CBT therapy and it's used for people with post-traumatic stress disorder. And I'm going through a scene or a situation, you go back to a scene where you felt, I don't know, it, it could be big trauma or it could be not so big trauma. It's all relative to you. What one person sees as trauma is not your trauma. Your trauma is your trauma. Whatever you've gone through, trauma, trauma doesn't even have to be the word. Whatever your experience was that knocked your self-esteem or that you feel stands out as a moment where you feel, mm, I felt vulnerable there or I felt unheard or I felt uncared for. And what I've done in this process is, and it's incredibly clever, you go back, you close your eyes, you relive the scene. Now, that sounds like, mm, why would I want to do that? Sounds a bit, yeah. And obviously better if you're doing this with someone in, in therapy. But what I've done in that is I've revisited myself as the adult I am now. And I've gone into a particular moment and I've approached me as I would have 
liked to have been approached by someone like me hmm. if they could have done it, if I could, in, in an yeah. ideal world. In this curious kind of fictionalised scenario, rescripting the past, taking a scene and revisiting yourself in that past and caring for yourself yeah. in that scene. Because what's clever about the imagery scripting is you've got the nuts and bolts of a real experience and you can sow the seeds and you can start to adjust almost the DNA of that experience because you it, mm. it, it minimises the heat of it, it minimises the hurt of it because suddenly it's not just a vulnerable moment. It's a moment where you are quite literally, what I've found myself doing in this process is literally catering for my yeah. inner child. You're gifting yourself. Because, and, and the, the way to think about it is, because we find it so hard at the beginning Precisely to do that, is to imagine it somebody else. This is what, because I haven't had this therapy, but this is what I do. I say, imagine if somebody, and we've talked about this before in here, haven't we, guys? Imagine it's somebody else and how you would, how you would soothe them, nurture them, speak to them, and then bring it back to you. Because you can do it, mm. because we've all done it. We've all helped our friends or family, or even if we've just thought it, when we've seen a situation, we know how to do it. But it's, it's until you've had the consciousness that, like, shit, I can do this to my, for myself as well. And what I know? like... And it's, what, it's amazing. It's so liberating. And what I like about the way in which I've gone about it is I am a little bit like Good Ship Lollipop oh, yeah, here. Yeah. I'm a little bit kind of, you know, I cock an eyebrow when I hear the whole huggy inner child stuff. Though though I cock an eyebrow only in relationship to myself. I never, ever cock an eyebrow in terms of anyone else. I see other people achieving go. it be and doing it. Be kind being to kind you. of to yourself. But in the way in which I've gone about this, it's it's not been coated in a sort of, I hate to say it, social media, memeified mm. sort of way. Mm. It's like, oh my God, hang on. This is like a documentary moment. And I'm allowing myself to come in. I never thought, it seems so deceptively simple, but if you do it and you rewrite the narrative, as Reese says, and you go in, you're not changing what happened to you. You can't. But yeah. you can look at it from a perspective of what could have happened, what should have happened, what did I need there? And it will have an impact on when that moment in your life triggers you again and again in this life, in this grown-up life. Because going back to being single or trusting a partner, you know, and I've said this before, one of the really good um, marriage guidance counsellors that we had said, in relationships, people fall to one relationship to another without the consciousness that they're trying to fix something in a relationship that they didn't get mm. as a child. And that's why so often relationships go wrong because that person can't fix it. Mm. So if you start to learn to give yourself what you're hoping to get from this other person, then when you go into a relationship, you're so much, you know, it's like you've got roots. Mm. You're rooted. I just want to, just a follow-up comment, and then we're going to have to move on. Head off, I'm afraid. Sorry, guys. It's been really good. Um, Lee Darren, yeah. you've just got five, you're going to get five anonymous memberships. That's really, really oh, generous Oh, happy you. Valentine's. And happy also, Valentine's Lee, Lee, I saw your message go up and you said he used to work in the post office room and it was a fucking nightmare oh, because there's the... hundreds of letters oh, and flowers. Funny. That is, that is Oh, sorry, Lee, but it did make me... <laughs> Watching it pass beneath your nose. So Grace Gabriel, Gabriel says, that's brilliant that it's worked for you, Mark. I've also used rescripting in therapy and it made no difference to me. My brain cannot let go of the fact that I know it didn't happen that way. I'm pleased you said that. Because mm, I said exactly... I bet that's a struggle. I said exactly exactly that to yeah. my therapist when we I went think. into the first I've done it on two or three different types of situations and I said exactly that I said but this isn't how and it's not about changing how it happened and it's not about being able to change how that event affected you that's not the point of it what the point of it is is that in our day-to-day -day lives now grown up 
we are unaware that many experiences and scenarios and situations that we're in, we respond to, judge, or have an immediate sort of, you know, immediately impacts us in a way that we are unaware that it's tickling or nudging that's at what, or, that's what or I was tugging say. at, tugging at what that original yeah. thing. So say, say at its simplest, you were left out of a situation when <clears> you were young and in grown up life, you, you're not face. literally being left out of a party, but you're... You're being taken back to a moment like that without even being aware of it, of feeling outside of something, left outside of something. It's not about being able to change the fact that that happened. Hang on. Yeah. It's not about being able to change the fact that that happened. What it is about is having, what I said earlier, trying to have consciousness about why you're responding to something now. Else, are you responding why? to... It might be that people are leaving you out now, but it allows you to stop. This is the important thing about all this CBT thing. It doesn't mean that bad things aren't happening. No. It doesn't mean that you're not right to be angry or right to be left out, but it means that you stop for a second or two, take stock, work out, hang on, there's going to be, is there an element of someone being wrong to me, being horrible to me, or is this actually me bringing to the table something that is a wound that is familiar, that I'm used to, and I only expect to feel? And that's how it worked for me. So I get what you're saying there. It didn't change the experience. The experience is the same experience. I can still go back there and go, hmm. But when I feel something like that now, I kind of know what I allowed myself in this fiction to have then, and I will try and use it here. But also, and I know nobody's going to like this, there are rarely in life flash, bang, wallop, immediate change and everything no, is better. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, it is amazing, as you get older, how you realise that things, just like... Bad things can creep up on you. Good things can too. So it might it might just be mm. that you it's just weaving in and affecting you in micro ways that then build more strength. Uh, Edward Bevington, CBT has its limitations. Absolutely, everything does. It's also about the work and the thinking that you do beyond it, isn't it? And the real... That's the hardest bit, actually, isn't it? It's the real hard bit, is to take what you're given and then keep working oh, on it. Oh, no, so and the most, the most important thing and the final thing on this is, is that I can see... Yeah, you get, CBT does have its limitations. I think we're all sold, and I said, I said this to my therapist too, and she agreed. We are all sold, even by the best therapist, this idea that somehow you get to a place of it's sorted. Never. And I could... That doesn't happen. You just put on a road for a journey. You're on a, you're on a journey. You're going to have terrible... It's like the idea of, as a parent, your ideal is that your child lives a happy life. Well, you actually realise that if they have... There's no such thing, and they no. can't. And if they did, they wouldn't have any wouldn't experience. They life. wouldn't understand anything. Yeah. So it's not about these things solve everything. It's about just taking the edge of some things, and then there'll be something new that comes along. We're, 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 what are we called? We're sort of amorphous, aren't we? We're mm. constantly kind of shifting and changing. I can see there's lots of birthdays we missed. Happy birthday to Anne. Let's sing happy birthday to I, Anne. I, but I know there are a couple of others too. Is there Vicky birthdays also? Happy birthday, Anne Campbell. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Anne Campbell. Happy birthday to you. Hope you have a lovely day. Wow, Valentine's Day. Um... And so, yeah. Who's the other one? Uh, I, was it, am I imagining it? Was it Vicky? It was also Vicky's birthday. I didn't just, just wait a second. Um, uh, 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 if not, there we go. Birthday cake going up for. Um, it's, you know, I was going to be doing that live yesterday with my results, but actually, I was so torn up about Gaza and I was in a bit of a pickle about it. 
So um, we're going to do it tonight instead at seven o'clock. Is it Jackie's birthday? As in Jackie Felina? Is that happy birthday to Jackie? I see there. Um, and all you gorgeous people. Da, 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 da. Jackie, happy birthday to, to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jackie. Happy birthday to you. Oh, guys, look, have a lovely day. Oh, and, um, guys, lovely day. And don't forget, 7 o'clock Instagram Live with me. Oh. And what time is the one on yours with Popcorn Junkies? Oh, that's at 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, Nads is, is, me and Nads are going to be coming off the fence. Well, coming off the fence, have we already come off the fence? Discussing the rights and wrongs of the Amy Winehouse. It's in the Popcorn Junkies Instagram movie area. If you want to contribute, do Instagram. come do come along. It's, it's a small little film club and we'll pull you in on the live and you can share your thoughts too. Yeah. So, um, and you've, you can find that on the Popcorn Junkies Instagram account and you go to subscriptions. So we're going to be over there too, but also... Sky Elise has edited a Vlogmas compilation and your lunch, for your lunchtime delectation, you're going to get a little bit of a flashback. So last time. Oh my God. Thank you, Sky. Sky. We, we, wait, we were waiting for our friend Pat to watch it with us yeah. and uh, she did last night and it was just, it, it was great. Do really check it out. great. Thank you. Very, very He funny. was in so much trouble though, all that stuff he put in. I know. She finally saw, in fact, most of it she didn't know about. So there you go. Anyway, guys, have a lovely day. Happy Valentine's.